Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. If, if you've ever recognized like uh, those patterns and you just want to get rid of them, really healing and restoration is a key to doing that in your Christian faith. So um, it's meant a lot to Marilee and I over the years. We started as... Um, you know, a young married couple, each with our own issues that we brought to um, ministers in that ministry. When we were 21 years old or so, um, and so we've had a lot of experience receiving that ministry, and then we joined the team, and now we lead the team, so we highly recommend it. There will be five different individuals speaking in short chunks. So if you go, man, three to six is a long time, there's a break in the middle, Five different voices talking about five different topics. It'll include Pastor Mark, um, Kathy Spaulding, who's been down here and spoke on Sunday mornings before, and another member from our team, Chrissy Mitchell. So it goes fast because um, it keeps changing up every every 20 minutes or so. So hope you'll make it to that. Anything to add? All right. <clears throat> so we're going to jump into this morning's message. We can just share this one, Mark. It's you okay. Sure? Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. All right, so have you heard of fake news? I'm not exactly sure what it is, but apparently it's not the real news. Sometimes there's bad news in the world. If you watch, I don't know what your favorite news outlet is. I won't name them because I know that's controversial in and of itself. But I wanted to start the morning with some good news. Would you like good news this morning? Okay, so the good news is this. There is a God, and he was creator in the beginning. He created this world, and it was good. He created mankind, male and female, in his image, and that was good. And they had this unbroken relationship. They literally walked together in a place called the Garden of Eden. It was way less echoey than this place. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear that, but I can. Anyway, and that was an amazing thing. And then sin entered the world and screwed it all up. Sin corrupted our relationship with God as a race, the human race, and um, and Adam and Eve were, were sent out of the garden. Now all of a sudden, we got to work the ground. There's pain in, in bearing children, and life is just hard, and we're disconnected from God. But God had a plan to redeem and restore what once was good, and that plan was Jesus Christ. So he, he came and lived a sinless life. He showed us the way to God. He was the way, the truth, and the life, it says in John. And, uh, and he was crucified but he rose again from the dead, and he, you know, he's alive today at the right hand of God in heaven. And he's coming back to bring us to um, an eternal existence, back in that relationship with God, unbroken and awesome. So that's the good news of the Christian faith. I bet some of you have heard it before. <laughs> but if you haven't, I would really encourage you to ask someone, come see the prayer team after service, ask one of us um, more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to live your life according to that good news, because it's the, the best thing you could have. And actually, it's the framework, if you look at the banner here, this says three journeys. We're in a year-long sermon series talking about um, the three journeys towards spiritual growth. The inward journey, where we go, what does that good news mean for me? What's going on in my heart and in my mind Um, and in my life, and how can I change that to get a better relationship with God, to follow Jesus more closely. Then the second trimester of the year, we looked at um, the upward journey. What is God like? What is his character? What are the things he enjoys and does not enjoy? 
And what does that mean for us? As we look at him and see what he's like, we become more like him. And now we've started um, just two weeks ago, um, the, the outward, so it's the arrows that point this way and that way, is the outward journey. So how do we share this good news with others? Is there, um, do I have to do something to make the slides show? Thanks. I have slides that also show that banner, and we'll get them in just a second. <laughs> so we're beginning the outward journey, and I wanted to remind you of the theme verse for this sermon series, which is found in John t- chapter 20, and it says, hey, there's the journeys. There's the outward, those, those arrows, remember that? Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. All right, here's the verse. You can read along with me. Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So we really pulled three um, key points out of this verse. Peace. Jesus calms the fears of his disciples. This is after he was just crucified. He's risen and he's showing up to them the first time and they're freaked out. What is going on? They killed him. We didn't expect that. So peace to calm their fears. He commissions them to go. He says, I sent you as the Father has sent me. And um, in, at the end of the other Gospels, it's called the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, peace, go, and he sends them with the power and presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit, who we find out as we read more of the New Testament, actually lives in us, the temple of God. Isn't that great? So there's the context and the background for the Outward Journey series. What are we going to look at today, Marilee? <laughs> yeah, so today we are looking at uh, obstacles in this outward journey and how can we overcome them. Um, you know, we have four months where we're going to be talking about this outward journey. And so we thought, let's start it off with, you know, what are things that keep us? What What's hindering us from really going for it all the way? And so that's what we want to do is, is to come up with some obstacles, talk through them, Get those obstacles out of our way so that we can do this outward journey well. Um, So we are being sent by Jesus in the same way that the Father sent Jesus. We all know this. Um, But what would you say? I want to hear from you guys. We we thought of some obstacles. But what would you say are um, some obstacles that people experience uh, that keep them from sharing Jesus with others? Yeah, fear of rejection, you said? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Any other? Shout them out. Yes. Yep, taking that time aside to actually do it. Yeah, because we're busy. That's so good. Anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, you're going to mess it up. It's not going to be right. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. You guys are good. Yeah. Not feeling skilled or qualified. These are good ones, guys. All right. So um, so our goal, our, our main heart today is just to bring you a message of encouragement um, that you can overcome any obstacle that's in your way um, that's holding you back, that you can run this race well and run it with perseverance. And so... Um, we're we're in sync. A lot of the obstacles we came up with are ones that you guys said. And so we are going to look at um, 
Obstacle number one, I don't know what to say. Obstacle number two, I can't do this. And number three, I'm afraid. <laughs> I am afraid to do this. And so we'll, we'll look at the obstacle. We're going to look at a key strategy to overcome each one. We'll look at some Bible verses, share some stories, and, and hopefully uh, you can, in the end, just feel really encouraged and like that obstacle is out of the way for you. All right, sound good? Okay, obstacle number one, I don't know what to say. So the key strategy here is be prepared. Okay, so 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared. And that word means, prepared means to be ready and ready to do something or receive the one coming. So always be in that state of preparation to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So, you know, not with harshness or, or condescending or disrespect. Come with a gentle spirit, uh, keeping a clear conscience. So you know after the fact that you've acted Christ-like and you're not feeling guilty. Um, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander, so um, so that we're we're actually proving others' opinions wrong about us, and they'll they'll feel shame that they've spoken against our godly lives. Okay, and so so this command to always be prepared to give an answer, I was like, wow, that is quite a you know, quite a command, quite a statement. And it implies um, intentionally taking time to get ready. I've never accidentally prepared for something. Have you? I mean, you to prepare for something, you have to be intentional. You have to think it through. It takes time. You have to maybe refresh and remind yourself. You know, okay, so how many of you went camping this summer? Did anybody go camping? Would you ever consider going camping without preparing? Like, no. Like, it, it's, it's, it's horrible to be unprepared. Like, you're thinking, okay, what's the weather? You're checking the weather. You know how cold is it going to get at night? And what, you know, what are we, what are the activities? We got to make sure we bring everything. You know, and so it's so important to be prepared in situations that require preparation. And this is a huge area that requires preparation, being ready to share. Um, in Paul, he, he was ready. He says that, um, that he didn't run this race, talking about you know sharing Christ with others and living for God, that he didn't run this race aimlessly, but he ran it in such a way to get the prize. And so he was intentionally running, and we're all meant to run that way. So, <clears throat> you know, so my my question for you this morning, my challenge for you is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to share the love of Jesus with someone, the truth of the gospel? Bill, you know, kind of gave an example of that as we opened the, the sermon this morning. You know, can you do that? And if not, just take some time and get prepared so that you can do that. Um, and what about, you know, are you prepared to share your personal story of when you chose to follow Jesus? That, your testimony is so awesome, and you can share that story of, you know, this is what life felt like before, and then the, when you, you know, share the experience of, of, of when you came into truth and relationship with the Lord, and this is how it's like now, and, and, and you know, can you share that? 
um, I think a lot of times we waste time that we could be using to prepare. So hopefully we, you know, will will make an effort to prepare. Um, there are so many times in my life that I wasn't prepared, <clears throat> that I wish I was prepared. I wish I could go back and redo a conversation um, after I've, you know, studied up a little first. Um, but, you know, I'll always, I'll be more prepared the next time a similar situation comes up. But I'll share one such story with you, okay? <clears throat> Uh, so there was this guy um, that I was talking to about Jesus. This was a couple months ago over the summer. And I was, I was, you know, starting to talk to him about Jesus, and it was obvious to him that, that that's where the conversation was leading. And he kind of stopped me, and he goes, well, you know I'm a Christian, right? And I was like, oh, you are? Because he didn't seem like a Christian. Um, and, and so I was like, oh, he, and he's like, well, I'm a C&E Christian. I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and he's like, I just go to a church on Christmas and, um, and I said Easter. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And um, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, last Christmas. I went to church. I was so drunk. I was just drunk the whole time. And, um, but but that does not matter because Jesus drank, so it doesn't matter. So I was just drunk the whole time, and I ended up helping to pass out the communion elements. And um, <laughs> and he's like, and and I mean, Jesus loves us just the way we are, so it's fine. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> there's so much like truth and not truth all mixed in there, and I was not prepared. So I think I ended up saying something like, that is true. Jesus does love us just the way we are. <clears throat> I'm sure they are really appreciated your help with the communion. I don't know what I said. <laughs> But, you know, I just was, I walked away feeling disappointed because it was a healthy conversation. It wasn't like, you know, it was a destructive argument or something. Like, we could have continued the, the conversation and I could have, you know, brought forth some truth, <laughs> but I didn't. But anyway, so I get home and I tell Bill and, and he's like, <clears throat> had some answer that was great. I was like, oh, I wish I would have said that. It was like, you know, he's like, well, you could have said, you know, it is true. God does love us just the way we are, but part of loving God is obeying him and living life the way that he says to live it. And he says not to be drunk with wine, but instead to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what I mean? Just kind of getting some truth in there. So anyway, I'll be prepared next time I come across that. But, um, Things like that encourage me to, to get prepared. You know, what are, what are things that are going to come up when I'm talking to people and how can I be prepared to give an answer? Um, and um, I think, you know, so many times it does pay off to prepare because you're going to see these people again. It's a neighbor, it's a coworker, it's a family member, a client at work or a, a a neighbor or a friend that you see at the park. You know, you're going to see these people again. And so you can actually prepare and ask the Lord, what's the next step for them? What do they need to hear next? And, and, and do it that way. And I'll tell you, I, if I intentionally prepare before a day at work, I am so much more effective for the Lord. So um, you may or may not know I work uh, part-time on staff at New Day, and I also work part-time as a hairdresser. 
And so um, I have clients that I see, you know, every four to six to eight weeks. And so I, if I intentionally prepare on my drive in to work for the for the clients that I'm going to see that day, I'm so much more effective. There's this there's this one um, guy who is is so honest with me, and he'll tell me, you know, some difficult things that he's been going through in his life, and my heart just breaks for him, and I know the Lord does too. And um, I just didn't have a good answer. I listened well, but I was like, next time, I'm going to see him again in six weeks. I'm going to be prepared. And so six weeks rolled around, and I hadn't prepared. <laughs> so I'm driving in. I'm like, okay, Jesus, I want to say something today. I don't want to only listen. I want to speak up for you. And so I was like, okay, what's the one thing he needs to know? What's, you know, what's the message I can deliver? And um, God was like, tell him I love him. Tell him that I'm the answer for his pain, that everything else that he's seeking to, to calm that pain um, is short-lived and not really going to last. And I, I, I can heal his pain. And I was like, all right, I can, I can deliver that. And so that's what the outward journey is. It's like, hey, hey, Mark, can you go give Lou um, that piece of paper? Like, can you deliver the message? That is the outward journey. Can you go hand them that? Oh, and maybe like wrap it up with truth and love. You know, it's packaged and you know, that is what the outward journey is boiled down. And so I'll tell you one more. I had a client who she had shared with me um, just she hated Christians in the church. She had been hurt um, by the church. And and so I was preparing to see her. I said, God, what do you want to say to her? And um, he said, love her, be an example of who I really am to her, and look for an opportunity to apologize to her on behalf of the, of the church for misrepresenting me. I was like, okay, I can do that. So preparing and bringing these people towards Jesus, you know, is all part of being being prepared. Um, so take time for preparation so that you'll be prepared with what to say. Awesome. That was obstacle number one is I don't know what to say, and the strategy is be prepared. That was a slide behind on the bullet points there. All right, number two, I can't do this, and I can't do this could sound like I can't do this because I'm an introvert, and so walking up to a stranger is just off the table for me. Or I can't do this because I'm not like so-and-so who does that outreach ministry thing. They're so good at it. It comes so natural to them, but I can't do that. I can't be like them. Or, um, <clears throat> all right, God, I can kind of do this outward journey thing, sharing my faith, you know, at the fish fry. Or I can help pass out the groceries, but like day-to-day -day life, eh, I don't think I can do this. Or, yeah, at church, I can greet people and bless them in Jesus' name, but at work, I don't think I can do this. So um, those are some of the common I can't do this is. I can't do this is. And the strategy to overcome those is to be you full of the Holy Spirit. Right? So you have unique gifts, qualities, talents, things that the Lord has done in your life since you started following him, and those are your keys to overcome the feeling of, I can't do this. You just be genuine in your approach. You don't have to be like so-and-so who does whatever thing. You don't have to do it 
the same way you see somebody else doing it. You can do it the way that you're good at. And so I actually want to encourage you to play to your strengths as a confidence builder. Um, It's a great way to get going. Rather than, oh man, this feels hard, I can't do this, so I give up and don't do it at all. The better option is, well, I can't do this, but I think I can do that. (laughs) And then as you gain confidence, you're like, I've been doing that. Now, maybe I'll look at this, and I'll go be prepared, and I'll give it a shot, right? Because you've built some confidence. This is just like practical thing, right? Like if I'm a basketball player, and I can dribble good with my right hand, but not my left, I go right all day long. And then I try going left once. Luke steals the ball from me. All right, but why did he get it? Oh, I had it too far out in front. I didn't protect the ball. And you learn. Basketball analogies. What did you say? (laughs) He's like a tiger on defense, people. Don't play Luke in basketball unless you're ready. Be prepared. (laughs) It's the same with anything, right? You do what you can, then you learn and grow until you get better. So here are, this is a beautiful table, isn't it? The only thing better was if it was in Excel, because I'm an engineer, and I like orderly things. This is an orderly summary for you of different people You should have seen how happy he was when he realized that the slide could be made into a table. He he blocked everything out, including the thing that I was in the middle of telling him. He he blocked it all out and created this table. I don't know what you were just saying, but it was bullet points. (laughs) And then I moved it to table format, and everything was right in the world. I'm sure what you said was good just now. Oh, I'm a nerd. I know it. But you know what I thought? I was like, you know, there are so many ways to do outreach. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to tell people, like, build on your strengths, what are some examples that we can see from the Bible of people sharing their faith in different ways? So, <clears throat> of course, we come to the table. So th- for you who are intellectual, follow the example of Luke. At the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, good name, I know, he says, let me read it. I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, and I too decided to write an orderly account for you. Right? So he's digging in, finding out the facts, presenting them exactly as they were. Very cool. Hospitality. Some of you like to have people over, um, you know, or or um, welcome them into a group of friends, that kind of thing. Priscilla and Aquila, which is just really fun to say, isn't it? Go ahead if you want to. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. I challenged Aaliyah to say it five times fast last week. (laughs) She had fun with that. But did you know that they hosted a house church in the New Testament? In 1 Corinthians 16, you can see that they did that. Um, There's also in a different chapter, it talks about them bringing a minister named Apollos into their home and talking with him about what does it mean to share that faith with others. You know, they were kind of teaching him, training him up. But it all came from, come on in, have dinner with us in that hospitality. Um, did you know that the the early church, right after Jesus rose, and uh, they had a soup kitchen. Now they called it in Acts, let me find my notes, Acts 6, the daily distribution of food. But it was the soup kitchen. And we had 12 apostles, 12 disciples. We lost one when Judas hung himself, but they gained another. And they were passing out food on a daily basis as part of the faith community. This is what the church was doing. And they were like, you know what? This church is growing, 
And we need to pay attention to more than just the soup kitchen. Let's find some wise, discerning people that we know are full of the Holy Spirit to lead the soup kitchen. And, and us 12 are going to focus on, on the big picture. And so they chose seven people. But um, Stephen is highlighted to us in Acts 6 to lead the soup kitchen. Find out he's also a very, very bold in speaking and uh, was actually stoned to death for sharing his faith. But he was the soup kitchen leader. All right, one of my favorite guys is uh, Barnabas. Did you know his name is not actually Barnabas? That's in there. You got to go to Acts 4 to find it. But Barnabas means son of encouragement. His name was Joe, just a regular Joe like you and me. Just a regular old Joe. But they called him Barnabas because he was the son of encouragement. Everywhere you find Barnabas in the New Testament, he's going like this with somebody. Hey, Saul, let me take you to the apostles, and I'll tell them that you're for real, that you're not going to kill people anymore who follow Jesus, but that you're a true follower. Hey, now you're called Paul. Let's go here and do this. Let's go there and do that. Let's bring John Mark with us. It's going to be great. <laughs> they get in a fight. But anyways, <laughs> Barnabas is all about teamwork and encouragement. Very cool. i got to move faster because there's lots of Jesus examples. One more. Paul was all about apologetics, which means defending the faith, the reasons why this is true. And you can see it in uh, Acts 14. No, yeah, Acts 17. He reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. So apologetics from Paul. Okay, and then Jesus does all of them. I want to give you a couple of highlights. I'm going to move quick, but um, they're all in the Bible, so you can go find them later. Google the verses. Okay, um, prophetic ministry. Do you remember when Jesus met the woman at the well? And he said to her, oh, yeah, it's true you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the man you now live with is not your husband. And she's like, whoa, and goes and tells the whole village, come see this guy who told me everything I ever did. Prophetic ministry example. Social justice. It's very common in our culture to fight for a cause, right? There's this cause and that cause in the world, and people are fighting for them. But um, Jesus overturns the tables of the money changers in the temple, and he's like, you've turned my father's house into a den of robbers. It was meant to be a house of prayer. Let's do this right. Don't take advantage of God's people by you know, extorting them for doves to sacrifice and and so on. Miracles. Jesus does tons of miracles, and so do a lot of the other folks that we talked about. Service and compassion. In Matthew 14, it says, Jesus landed and saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. And then he goes on to feed them with the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, right? So he has compassion for their physical needs, compassion for their sickness, um, and cares about them. All right, one more so I just want to say these styles of outreach, think of these as vehicles. We're all on the outward journey, and you may be in a different vehicle, but you're, you're, you're still going on that journey. And get in your vehicle, whatever it may be, and go for it. Yes, there's a couple of VWs in the parking lot. They're an excellent vehicle. You could choose that. What did we drive? We drove a Toyota. All right, in 2 Corinthians 5, do you remember this verse, 517? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. So another encouragement of for this uh, key strategy of be you is be the new creation you in all parts of your life. Right? There, there, it's a fallacy that there is the sacred and the secular in the life of a Christian. There is not actually two compartments that you live your life in. The work compartment and the church compartment don't really exist. Though these friends, 
that I hunt with and those friends that I go to church with are not two compartments. Or these friends that I work with and those friends that I go to church with are not two compartments. It's all one. And when we live out, when our heart is so full of the good news and what God is doing in our lives, it spills out everywhere we go. And that whole lie of sacred and secular just goes away. And that's how it's supposed to be. So that's an encouragement. Okay, a couple of stories um, I wanted to share with you as examples from my life. Some good, some um, bad, some ugly. But anyway, um, I was on a work trip. I was traveling for work. Like I said, I'm an engineer, and, and I was going to Minnesota, and I'm in the airport. I forget which one. And uh, they announced my zone. It's time to board the plane. So me and all the other people from this zone get in line, and this um, young woman gets in line behind me, and I kind of see her coming out of the corner of my eye, and she's behind me, so I'm aware that she's there. And all of a sudden, I hear this little whisper in my mind, overlooked. And I'm like... God, are you saying that she feels has felt overlooked in her life? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to turn around right now and have that conversation. Lord, thank you very much. And so I get on the plane. And then I feel very convicted at my response. And I'm like, all right, God. All right, I'm going to pray. What does this mean? And so I pull out my little journal notebook thing, and I start writing down um, what I feel like God is saying. Hey, um, you know, I was praying, I saw you get on the plane behind me, felt like you felt overlooked in your life. And the Lord wanted you to know that he's very aware of you and everywhere that you are, and he loves you very much. And just a little thing about that. And luckily, she was several rows behind me on the plane, so I was able to get off and ambush her in the airport, <laughs> in the next airport. She comes off this plane, and she's standing at the screen, like, looking at where her connecting flight is. And then here comes some, some little guy, and I'm like, hey, uh, excuse me. I wanted to give you this. And she takes it. She's like, oh, thank you so much. I go, have a great day. And off I go. She didn't even know what it was. She was so happy. So um, like I said, some good and some bad. Everyone else on the plane had been overlooked. But her. There you, with the, no. there you have it. Yeah, so maybe I wasn't the bravest soul in the world. Maybe I didn't do it like that outgoing street minister person you think of when you think of street ministry. But I did what I was good at, paying attention to what I heard God say, write it down. It was genuine. It was it was encouraging, and those are things that I am good at. Um, so did you know that there are studies, or at least one study, that shows that um, people who decide to become a Christian, on average, have about seven, I call it Jesus interactions, before they decide to actually follow him. So it takes like seven of those type of things, or seven different friends talking about Jesus before somebody will kind of come around. So the encouragement is, don't give up if you're one through six. Our computer keeps going to sleep. Sorry about that. Um, don't give up if you're one through six. And I have another little story that highlights um, the importance of that. So I like to run, and at my engineer job, me and another engineer guy will take a long lunch break, and we'll go run a few miles take a shower and come back to work. And we're running along this paved trail there in Battle Creek, taking a break from making cereal at post. And um, we run by this guy who's sitting along the trail. He's got like all of his belongings strewn about on the grass and he's just sitting there. And I run right by, we're having a conversation and my friend who's also a Christian goes, all right, Bill, we got to do this. And he stops and turns around and starts walking back. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't. <laughs> I'm a little reluctant in the outward journey. 
But uh, I'm, I'm like, all right, all right, all right, go ahead, you know. And so he goes up to this guy sitting there, and he's like, is, is there anything that, you know, I can just pray for you? Is there anything going on I can pray for you? And the guy's like, no, there's not. But he was persistent. He goes, oh, when I ask most people that, there's something, you know, going on in their life that they would like prayer for. Most people say yes. And he's like, well, and then he starts telling us some of what's going on in his life when we start having this great conversation. But early on, he looks at me and he goes, oh, you're the guy who prayed for me two weeks ago by the basketball courts. And I go, no, I'm not. It wasn't me. But I looked like somebody who was clearly a one through six interaction person. Who knows how that went? He might have been totally rejected by this guy. But then he he's, sees somebody who looks very similar, and he's like, whoa, God's really trying to get my attention. Turns out he used to go to church years ago. He's battling a drug addiction. We're able to speak some truth in his life and pray for him. He's crying his eyes out and then kind of leaving, determined to go do something about making a change in his life. It was amazing. But who knows how many interactions it took to get there. Sometimes you don't get to be the one to, to reap that harvest, but so... Plant the seeds, water water what God is doing. Yeah, I love those stories because you're, Bill's playing with his strengths, right? He's prophetic. He's good at writing. He's not as comfortable walking up and talking to someone to their face. Um, but he can write that down. That is just as valid. That is great that, you know, there's not, not one that's better than the other. In fact, if he writes it down, then the person has a copy they're not going to forget what he said. And so, you know, if that's more comfortable for you, do it that way, you know. And um, I mentioned earlier about being prepared for the people that you're going to see again and again in your life. But what about when you're walking along and, and like Jesus, you're moved with compassion for someone who's there? What then? Because you're going about your normal life and then all of a sudden it kind of shocks you and, and you're you know, you were you were going where you were going, and wait, what, God? What do you want to do? And so I just want to say that, you know, when that happens, it's okay to take a minute and just, okay, Holy Spirit, what what's going on? What do you want to say? Take a minute to switch gears, and um, you know, go back and find that person. Usually, they're still there. Usually, you can still find them, and if not, that's okay. You were willing, um, <clears throat> but just go back and say. Um, Hey, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, I just, I was just walking by and I noticed you sitting here. And um, at, when I saw you, I felt like the Lord um, asked me to just come over and encourage you and offer to pray for you. Um, it, you know, is there anything that I can pray with you for? You know, what's going on in your life? And 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 just you know, go go up and and go ahead and take advantage of that moment when He stirs you. Point number three. Okay, yeah. Okay, you're done with two. Okay. Obstacle number three. <clears throat> I'm afraid. There's so many things that we could be afraid of, right? What if the person gets mad? What if, um, you know, all of a sudden now I'm going to be labeled as, as the strange Bible thumping, whatever. You know what I mean? What if... Um, <clears throat> You know, what if it's just really awkward and then instead of being on the outward journey, you're on the awkward journey? You know, you know, it could be very awkward. So there's all these things that, that the fear gets so big that that is what makes our decision for us. And so the strategy for this is to be bold. 
Okay, so 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So we have the hope. We have been redeemed. We've had our sins forgiven. We have a relationship with God himself. He lives inside of us. We have the hope for the world. We are the hope on earth. And, and um, the truth and the goodness of that hope wells up within us and gets big and big and bigger, so bigger than the fear. A little bit of that still might be there because the truth is you don't know how it's going to go. But when that is so much smaller and pales into com- in comparison to the hope that you have, that emboldens you and fills you with passion that you have what they need. They're starving. If you have a piece of bread and you know that person is starving, you're going to give them the bread. And you, in, in this um, passion, the hope that you have fills you up and um, causes you to be able to be bold. So um, the verse, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love that verse. We've got the light inside of us and we can let it shine out, right? Um, But this verse helps us to see how important our deeds are so that they may see your good deeds. So our actions matter a lot, right? The way we live our lives is a big deal. And and we should live in such a way that others are drawn to ask, well, why are you different? You know, why is it that you don't get upset in this situation? You know, live in, in that way where they're drawn and they see that you're different. Our actions are always speaking, right? So the way we live is super, super important. But sometimes we also need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and use our words and speak up, right? Um, confess him before men so that he will confess us before the Father in heaven. And so um, we need discernment to know when are we supposed to speak up and when are we supposed to be silent. Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says, there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. And so asking the Lord for discernment, when, you know, is this a situation where I need to use self-control and and be silent or just listen? Or is this a situation where you're calling me to speak up for you and say something? Um, and, And it should be God that determines whether we speak or whether we're silent, not our fear. So many times I think fear makes that decision instead of God. Um. And, and, and it is so important to listen, right? I've had so many people tell me, um, I think being a hairdresser, my job lends itself. I listen a lot to people. And, and I've had so many people say, thank you for listening. Like, that's a valid need. People need that. And I'm so happy to do that. And I don't want to change. I want to always, you know, be a good listener. But I don't want to just be a good listener, I want to be bold. When God says to speak, I want to have that boldness to speak up and point them to Jesus and, and, and not be afraid and be willing to share his truth and, and his love with them. All right. So if you feel afraid on your outward journey, I want you to remember this verse. 
And don't fear he's with you, but that's what the verse says. So let's read it. Isaiah 41 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. He says it a lot. He's with us. And actually, I like the picture of I will... I'm the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. It's almost like when I tell my kids to do something that they're afraid to do, right? Like, you need to go say sorry to so-and-so. Or if you really want to, you know, to have something to eat here at, at the restaurant, why don't you go ahead and place your own order? And they're like, oh, I would, but I'm too scared. And oftentimes you just grab their hand and are like, all right, come on, we're going to do this. And it's comforting to know Dad, mom or dad's got me by the hand. If I mess it up, they'll, they'll help clean up the mess for me. We can do this together. And that's the picture here for us on our outward journey. The Lord is with us. He'll hold your hand and help you through it. It's okay if you make mistakes. He can clean up the mess. And he's there for you to fall back on. <clears throat> All right. So we are closing. And um, we've identified obstacles and ways to overcome. I think it calls for a summary table, don't you? <laughs> Yes. Last week when we did this, it was bullet points, so that was a surprise to Marilyn. This morning I made it a table. (laughs) Obstacle number one, I don't know what to say. And right there in that row, be prepared. I can't do this. And all the associated, you know, worries about that. Be you, full of the Holy Spirit. And number three, I'm afraid the, the solution is to be bold. It's good, right? You can do it. So um, as we prepare to close, we're going to pray together. Would you stand with me for a moment? And what I want to do with you, if you're up for it, is I would like to have you each think of, maybe there's someone specific in your life that you know you want to share your faith with, but you've had a hard time. Picture that person. Or picture, you know, one of our stories. Put yourself in our shoes. And what obstacle pops up in your mind? Is it just, well, I don't know what to do? Is it fear? Is it, well, I can't do it like so-and-so? Whichever one comes to mind, we're just going to pray through that together. And that'll look like this. Um, We're going to say, God, forgive me for agreeing with that thing more than I agree with you in the situation. We're going to receive his forgiveness. We're going to ask him for his truth, all right? It works so great because I'll lead you. So bow your heads. We're going to pray. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd forgive me For agreeing with this obstacle obstacle, instead of agreeing with you, you, I receive your forgiveness. forgiveness. Thank you for the cross of Jesus. Jesus. It gives me forgiveness. forgiveness. Heavenly Father, Father, when I confront that obstacle, obstacle, what would you say to me? How do you feel? feel? Just take a minute to listen. Now let's receive the truth, whatever he said to you. Father, I receive your truth. Father, I receive your truth. Thank you that you are with me. Thank you that you are with me. And that I have good news in my heart. I have good news in my heart. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job, everyone. So I want to encourage you.